What's up, everyone? Um, so today, we kind of took a little different turn. We brought in a little bit more current events, but on a really positive note, we talked with Genesee County Sheriff Chris Swanson. Um, he's also a licensed paramedic, and he had a really positive engagement with protesters in Flint Township. And what he did was he took a volatile situation and really put empathy into it. And he was able to turn the whole thing around. Um, take a listen to what he what he said. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. So listen, I'm just telling you, these cops love you. That cop over here hugs people, so you tell us what you need to do. So we talk with Sheriff Swanson about that day. We talk about why it's important leadership is at the forefront and why training is needed now more than ever. And we talk about what's needed beyond this point, what's needed for the future for law enforcement, in his opinion. Please give it up, Sheriff Chris Swanson. Morning. Sheriff Swanson, thank you so much for uh, joining me. I know your day is probably pretty packed. Um, I, I do really appreciate you um, giving me this time. I, I really do appreciate it. Right on, man. I'm a proud licensed medic, too, as a sheriff. I don't know if there's any other in a state like that. Oh, you're a licensed paramedic? Yeah. Oh. I've been since uh, 93. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Sheriff. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll get right into it. I know your time is uh, is pretty, uh, pretty finite. Um, so, Sheriff, obviously in, in the wake of the current events and the fact that your deputies are cross-trained as paramedics and you yourself a paramedic, the listeners to the show, largely firefighter-based, that's just what my background is, and that means they're, they're going to share a lot of the same job responsibilities that our listeners do too, and um, which even heightens their reliance on their, their training, their abilities um, to really perform at the top level. And I think they've done that. But referencing the protest that a couple of weeks ago, what uh, when I was like listening to other other interviews and whatnot, you were saying that you were listening to the dispatchers talk and you were kind of hearing the anxiety kind of build even amongst your own membership. Uh, the helmets came on, the batons came out. Um, but then there was a, a, a change that that you had. So I guess what was that change and why was it important in your opinion that leadership was present during this event? Well, first I will say during that event, police fire and EMS were all working that night. In fact, Flint Township fire was being used to block traffic. So nobody was injured by a runaway vehicle. Of course we had EMS staged. So I don't think anybody can agree that when there's an incident, especially a large incident that police fire and EMS don't work lockstep and it has to be that way. So I always love my brothers and sisters of public service, police fire and EMS. Second thing is we all have different responsibilities clearly, but united because of our service to people that night, the incident command 
was Flint Township. And as the sheriff, the chief law enforcement officer, the sheriff's office in Genesee being the ninth biggest police agency in the state, you know, we work with police agencies all over the county, and uh, that was no exception. The protest started at 5 o'clock, and uh, they were relatively calm but growing by the hour. And long about dusk is when they turned towards the Flint Township Police Department, and that's when the chatter on the radio changed. You could sense, myself included, because the night before they burned CNN, they torched the sheriff's office in Oregon, they burned police precincts in Minneapolis. And if you know anything about Flint Township off Miller Road, the drive leading to the police department, Fleckenstein, is a deliberate road. You, you just don't stumble across it. Without knowing the perception of what the protesters wanted to do, we only assumed that was what their next step was. So that's when the calls came out to fortify the line, fortify the line. And everybody was gearing up, myself included. But during that experience, it's just like running your first code or your first structure fire. You look to leadership who has experience and knowledge and I would say gut instinct, which is the most important um, that one can have when it comes to making uh, split that second decisions in, um, in a crisis situation. And so as the sheriff, obviously there's other command officers there from other agencies, but I'm a frontline guy and uh, I don't want to be in an instant command where I can't feel it, touch it, smell it. So I walk towards the battlefront. Uh, we have the exact same tools as everybody else does. Helmets, shields, batons, pepper guns, OC canisters, OC launchers, everything was there. But then the crowd came and that contention was just so, so um, high, highly volatile. And of all my 27 years, I had never experienced that much tension um, that was just about to boil over. So to answer your second question, you need leaders in those situations that have been battle tested, that remain calm under fire. And I listen, I'm not trying to paint myself as a superhero or macho, but I will tell you that the anxiety that I felt is, is real. It's natural. Nobody can say that they're just totally calm at that point. Um, the officers I could see there's young officers on the line from Flint township, sheriff's office, veterans, everybody was tense and scared. And as you know, going to a hot situation, that fear, that healthy fear keeps people alive, uh, a respectable fear. Um, and yet everybody stood their, their ground. But the decision to break the line, to remove my gear, and to walk into the crowd, um, I will tell you, was completely instinctive. It was not in the plan. I didn't think about it. And uh, in law enforcement, when we get into situations where deadly force is used or a high speed chase or uh, whatever it is where you're just operating on pure sympathetic systems, you always rely on all those things you've done in your life to come that exact moment. And you do it on autopilot. And that's exactly what happened throughout my career. I built a, a service minded uh, warrior mentality. Uh, Growing up in jail, growing up in an urban environment, growing up in the city of Flint, growing up in a county that is highly uh, volatile, it was a very natural thing for me to do. But planning it was not was not something that happened uh, in advance. It just happened, and it ended up being the best police decisions I made in my career. So, I, I don't think anybody could argue the fact that there needs to be a, a mass influx of social infrastructure and, and education, especially in, in, in low-income areas. Um, 
one of the things that that I've been you know pretty vocal about even in my in, in my battalion at, at my department uh, just you know day to day is I have seen the the training requirements for the fire department I have seen um, and heard the frustrations from other public safety entities that that are either hounded by increased call volume a decreased or a, a strict budget and what kind of is the floater in there is training and it's really the the time to make for it the overtime to approve it and the budget that kind of falls in line with that um, there is a ton of, of, of hot topic discussion right now in terms of, of, of reform where, where I kind of stand is we there needs to be a wild influx of of uh, of money coming into um, public safety entities for training. So I guess, Sheriff, if, if you had the experiencing what you saw, what you have seen, and, and probably the, the conference calls that you have had uh, since, if you had the Visa unlimited card for training dollars, where would where would you like to see training budget or training allow for deputies and, and public safety in general? Well, I guess police in particular, in wake of what's been happening the past couple of weeks. Well, I will tell you that um, training is a portion of response, and it's a large portion because you have to have a baseline. So to answer that first part, I would say clearly de-escalation, racial bias, social sensitivity, um, use of force. But the uh, Atlanta shooting that just happened over the weekend, that officer was in training three days before that shooting. So training is a portion of what happened and what has to happen, but you can't train a heart. You can't train common sense. You can't train um, humanity and, and dignity. So if I had my ways, I would tell people, <laughs> this is all, this is crazy, but I would literally send my staff on a short-term missions trip somewhere in the United States or better yet in a third world country to serve people that can give nothing back because it changes the way you see people. It changes the way you deal with people. And because we're police, fire, EMS, we see the most vulnerable at the most vulnerable time in their life. Now, I know that's probably a pipe dream because I've done it myself. And I really attribute a lot of my response to human dignity to my times in the foreign mission field for the last seven years all over the world, whether it's a mission strip building or medical or human trafficking. That really has crafted who this guy is inside so training is just not sitting at a classroom and, and learning the best practices training comes from daily experience and on top of that you as a battalion chief right that's your title your battalion chief no uh, a battalion lieutenant okay battalion you're a commander nonetheless your staff is going to follow based on how you treat people not everybody but the majority of that that culture is going to come from you and it's going to come from your captain. It's going to come from your chief or your deputy chief down. So you could have the best training, but still show no respect for people that are addicted to opiates and that's going to trickle down. So now you have people that are responding to ODs and the culture of the department. I'm not saying it is from whatever department you're on, but no, the culture yeah, is, yeah. they're just a subhuman. They're just an addict. They're just this. And your, your treatment of that patient uh, is indicative of what you feel of that patient. That's a just as much of a training as going to a certified class. So 
Long answer to short question. Yes. If I had my training dollars, I would send them to all those hot button topics. I would do consistent training. I do continuing education for cops, which they do not have. I brought that up before. I've been a medic since I was 20 years old and I've renewed my license, my IC license. I'm a PALS instructor, ACLS instructor. I can't do that unless I do continuing education. But in police work, we don't have that. You can literally come out of the police academy, qualify once a year, and never take a lick of training for 30 years. Like that's, that's just unheard of. So I think there's a long way to get to where we need to be, which includes consistent training, training on those hot butt topics. But you got to train the heart of the people, and the leaders got to set the tone. Sheriff, um, I know we're kind of wrapping up towards the end here. What would what would that take or what obstacles lie in front of let's just put on uh, continuing education credits for for law enforcement what what obstacles lie in front of that to to get it from where it is now to i guess a, an established system of ces yeah well let me say this um you know as a as a medic you have to renew your license every three years and uh you know it's you know, I like to say, what is it like 300 contact hours? Yeah, I believe you so. Know? Yep. So let's just roll that into a, uh, a law enforcement setting where you're actually uh, you have the ability to take a life and to remove someone's freedom. Obviously, as a medic or an EMT or even fire to keep your certification, you're talking about um, reaction. You're talking about saving people. Medics don't take lives. They save lives. So the burden is much heavier on law enforcement. So if there's a hundred hours a year, if you break it down for an EMT or a medic to get continuing education, then I'm telling you for a police officer, that's the minimum we should have mandatory every year to keep our certification. And the struggle is obviously staffing and money, but I think we're going to see a lot of that roll out from the federal government state to allow uh, these unfunded mandates to be funded. So cops can go and get the training and agencies can go get the training without taking away off the street. And then on the flip side, make sure the training is good. You and I have both been to training that was completely a waste of time because the instructor is terrible. They don't have a heart of a teacher. The, the information is boring. It's not relevant. It's mundane. So the burden falls on those instructors just as much as it does those going. But I think we're moving towards that faster than we've ever done before. Um, where you have police officers in a setting taking training they need to have that's mandatory. Otherwise, you're not certified. And if you don't document it, you can give up your license. Uh, Sheriff, thank you so much. Um, I know you got to get, get running here. Um, I really do appreciate you uh, uh, spending this kind of short time with me. And uh, hopefully we can connect in the future on other uh, topics like this. I'd be excited to talk to you. Appreciate you, brother. Everybody be safe out there. I want to thank Sheriff Swanson for coming on. I mean, that guy has Inside Edition interviews, Entertainment Tonight. I mean, I saw uh, a news article from Australia that he's on. So thank you so much. His message and his positivity uh, was such a breath of fresh air. And the fact that it was local to my state, it's, it's, it, it was amazing to see. Uh, please stay focused on your training. Leaders, engage yourselves not only in your membership, but your citizens as well. And please care about these people that we go to. Have a heart. And today, today, do something good. Do something good.